Welcome listeners, welcome back to My Sister Made Me View It, the Roswell 1999 edition. I am one of your co-hosts, Emily, and I have made my sister view Roswell, the 1999 version, and it's going differently than I thought it was going to go. You know, if you had, you know, bothered to watch the full series before <laughs> recommending it, I feel like maybe you would have picked a different first choice. I wanted you to watch it for season two. That was what I and, wanted. And you know what? I, I, I think overall I liked season two. Season two was good. But now yeah. you're making me watch season three. And you I just. am. I'm watching it because you asked me to. And you're my sister and I love you. And this is our podcast. Um, and it's because I do these things out of immense gratitude for you who set up and launched the Patreon all by herself this week. It was me. Ah, it was me. It's done. Oh, I thought, listen, I can't take a ton of credit because I thought it was going to be like super stressful. <laughs> but... I think maybe Patreon has had experience working with people like me and gave me like very clear step-by-step instructions on like how to link your Discord, how to, you know, get this set up and all the steps you need to do. And so, yes, it is launched and we have our first patron of the season. Thank you, Jackie May, for being our Thank very, you. very first patron. And as one of our patron perks... If you are a Patreon or a pre-existing friend of the pod member of our Discord, sorry, there's like 12 of them, but um, 20 of them? I don't know. I don't know how many pre-existing conditions we've got, but uh, <laughs> you can submit questions on our Discord that we will answer on the podcast. So, Emily, should we start off? Should we start off with those? Um, I was actually planning on doing them towards the end. All right. Tune in. Just like a little bird. Tune in, listeners. Tune in, listeners. You'll never know when it will happen. It could happen (laughs) at any time, but apparently not right now. (laughs) Can't do it on command. (sighs) Okay, well, Emily. There's some good questions. I'm excited. I'm excited to get into those. Did I get to say what I should have been doing instead? What should you have been doing instead? Probably dishes. I probably should be job hunting. But instead. Instead. Hey. You do this every single time. Because you don't do it properly trying to steal the hot part from me. Who's had to watch all of Roswell. Start us off right. Gosh. (laughs) but instead instead we're making a podcast we're making a podcast no put your whole heart and soul into it no i get to choose how i do the high part listen oh listen (laughs) sorry you do i'm sorry that was very rude of me you did very well (laughs) megan i'm so sorry i was thinking we try to cultivate a more like laid back and casual air instead of like a really you know, performance level. We're making a podcast! You know? Because See above regarding is, my personality and that I need to chill. So thing is, Emily, I can't go higher every time. We're hitting a limit. <laughs> so I've been going really high for you because you like it really high. And I, just, I do. You, you got to drop it back every once in a while, you know? Then let me do the high part. No. <laughs> What did I just say about we've got to build it up and drop it back every once in a while? You get to do the high part on Stormlight, which has our our currently most listeners of our four podcast feeds that we do. Can you believe it? Mm -hmm. Can you believe? (laughs) No, I can't. I'm a non-believer. Shun me. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, now that that's all out of the way. We are going to jump into our take on Roswell, the 1999 version, season three, episode 10, A Tale of Two Parties. Megan, give me your thoughts on it. Thumbs down. Yep. Um, I, I am happy that Liz's dad is back on our side. That is nice. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and yes. it feels like the character of Liz is is a little more likable than she's been this season. Um, I'm not saying that, oh, I don't like when female characters are rude. That's not it. It's just her dark goth phase came out of nowhere and she was mad all the time. And I feel like this has brought us back to the Liz Parker character that we've enjoyed for the first two seasons. However... Mm -hmm. For all of the emotional turmoil they put us through with Michael and Maria, that apparently has no consequence at all. And they're like still None. together. Within the first 10 seconds of the episode. And the sheriff is dating a 21-year-old. Yep. So overall, this episode was a miss for me. <laughs> uh, so the brief, brief overview of the episode is it is New Year's Eve and uh kind of maria's storyline is there is a party that happens every year in roswell if you are smart enough except we didn't talk about it last year and we didn't talk about it the year before that sorry uh glee sidebar emily do you watch glee have you watched glee i have seen episodes of glee but i i've not sat down and watched them like all in order or okay anything there's like a that. bit in like season three or four where sue sylvester like grabs a couple of the glee club members and she's like listen the two of you are in charge of the mckinley high uh christmas tree decorating competition which is the most important tradition we have at our entire school even though we didn't do it last year or mention it the year before that or the year <laughs> before that and i'm like that's how this extreme secret party feels yep uh, so Maria wants to find it, uh, and it just kind of goes through what everyone's doing on New Year's Eve. Kind of, we get to see Liz and her dad reconcile. We get to see Kyle has always been in love with Isabel. I forgot that happened. <laughs> Honestly. We're both super mad about it. Why couldn't that have happened in season one? She's married now. She's mar- she she's married. She's a wife. Now. Yeah. She's unobtainium. (laughs) (laughs) But I also want to start off with a little bit of trivia uh, for this. The episode opens with uh, Mr. Parker sitting in an empty, uh, the empty diner, and he's playing the guitar and he's singing. Uh, This actor's name is John Doe, and he actually uh, is... (laughs) No, his name is. Is that John a, is that a Doe. Magnus Archives reference? Is that a no? His name is John Doe. You know, listeners in the Magnus Archives, uh, there's a whole group of beings that go by placeholder names from different countries around the world. You know, John mm-hmm. Doe, Max Musterman, all that sort of stuff. I I think okay. this is proof this guy is of the Spires. No, of the Stranger. <laughs> Um, well, I want to let you know, uh, he actually founded and was the lead singer of the band X, the letter X. Oh, and, the, the social uh, media platform? No, listen, that is another hill I will die on. You can take many things from me, but you cannot take the name Twitter out of my vernacular. It is there forever. That is what it was born as. That is what it will die as. They can take our lives, but they can never take our tweetum. <laughs> so anyways just thought that was a fun little bit of trivia that he he you know the band was very very popular and has some really great great hits to it so if you want to check out the band x there you go so megan i say you make fun of me i know you you don't make fun of me for this but one of my pet peeves when it comes to movies and TV is in media res, where we start in the middle of the story. Or in this case, we see the end of everyone's story. Yeah. That's how the episode starts. And I'm just like belly aching over here, just going, oh, I hate this. And Meg's like, that is a tried, tested, true way of telling a story. It literally like, happened in Iron Man that we watched this week. Right. Tune into our $12 then- patron feed. <laughs> <laughs> but then at the end of the episode, if I recall correctly, you agreed with me that that was a stupid way to start the episode. Yeah, because it wasn't obscure what all these characters were doing. Like it very clearly showed where everyone 
ended up at the end. And so like there's a scene with Max and Maria holding hands, walking up a hill with a lot of smoke and a lot of lights. And I, I'm going to use my psychic powers and say they wanted it to feel like, oh, they're going to do an alien thing together without Liz. Oh, no. But then in the very first scene, Maria's like, I'm trying to find this awesome party. And like all the suspense was immediately gone. Mm hmm. You open up with Jesse coming home to Isabel asleep on the couch, entangled in the arms of Kyle. What? Um, we, that seems like. Did you miss that? Was she entangled in his arms or were they just leaning on each other? You know, tomato, potato. Sorry, potato, I'll, let you, I'll let you tell. I'll let you tell your story. I'll let you weave your <laughs> tale. Um, we also wake up with Michael in Liz's bed. You know, just. Ugh. I just. At this point, they've done so many gotchas. They've done so many uh, pull the rug out from under us as an audience that, like, it's, like, I, I'm angry at this point as I'm watching this thinking, are you really, you really want me to fall for this? Like, really? Like, you think I'm that dumb? I'm going to think that Jesse's going to be mad about this. Yeah. That he doesn't. Like, he loves Isabel. All signs point to she could do anything she wanted, and he would be there for it no matter what it is. And we all know Liz is not going to be, is not sleeping with Michael. We know, we know all of this stuff is not, like, it's not true. It's not going to happen. It hasn't happened, even though, like, we're physically watching it. There's obviously some sort of explanation. And I'm a little upset that they are... That to me, it feels like the the uh, executive producers are treating their their audience as stupid. They're like, surely they'll fall for this and it'll get them all riled up. And then and then they'll stay for the whole story. Like like at this point, it feels like they have to trick us into watching it to actually watch the episode. When I'm just like, no, I just want to watch Roswell like it was. That's all I want. So. I was thinking about Roswell this week because, you know, we were, okay. we were recording today. And also, I'm thinking about how I have the same hairline as Renji from Bleach. But whatever. That's, that's another, <laughs> that's another that's story altogether. I know. I should get forehead tattoos to fill in the empty spaces. <laughs> um, and I was thinking about watching TV during the early 2000s, late 90s, early 2000s, and how there was no guarantee that your audience has seen every episode. In fact, it's quite possible for them to easily, for their, any episode to be the first episode of Roswell that someone's ever seen. Um, mm-hmm. we, we talk about that uh, even on the show I'm on sometimes. They're like, there's always the potential. This is the first episode of our show that someone's ever seen. Even though mm-hmm. the way that streaming typically works now, it's really easy to watch the entirety of a show in chronological order. And... Yeah. I was thinking about this because, one, I was re-listening to our podcast, prepping for, you know, our, our season three stuff. And mm-hmm. there's stuff in season one that was just literally, like, written away to never be explained or come back again. Like, mm-hmm. who was the alien that healed, healed Brody's daughter of cancer? And specifically the continuity thing I was thinking about is uh, Sheriff in season one, his father was obsessed with several murders that happened in Roswell that featured a silver handprint. Mm-hmm. And then we find out about the actual murder that happened in Roswell. Somebody got struck by lightning and burned from the inside out. That has nothing to do with the silver handprint. That piece of the continuity, that piece of the lore was completely dropped for season three. But mm-hmm. if, you know, new network, people had just tuned in for season three the previously on doesn't even mention the silver hand prints anymore. So like what what I'm I, I'm it's like when you meet a person, they are not who they were five years ago, but like you mm-hmm. can get to know a person as they are now, even though they're not the person like they they are the being that was alive four years ago, but they're not the same person that they were four years ago. Basically, Roswell in season one is not the show that we're watching anymore. And that's all it on that thought. And now I have a different thought. And it's, <laughs> okay. again, 
showing, oh my gosh, something potentially horrible is happening in all three of these stories. We've got two potential cases of infidelity and Maria and Max walking off into an alien sunset. And then one of the things that bit so hard just sucked eggs about this episode (laughs) is that it's very clear what actually happened as soon as the episode starts and Mm -hmm. none of these three stories actually did have a lasting impact on the story i bet if we skipped this episode it wouldn't impact anything about the storytelling for the season so yeah it's if we ever do a Roswell rewatch, I'm never watching this episode again. Okay, that's fine. Yeah, it's interesting because it's a one night. It's a, it's the episode is about one night, two a very parties. important, very special night. But you're you're right in that. I mean, I guess kind of that Liz's dad kind of like lets up, but we, at least I always expected that was going to happen. Maybe maybe I've lost the magic of of watching TV, and I just assume I know what's going to happen and. I'm right a lot of the times. Yeah. But um, but yeah. Just not quite as right all the time as <laughs> me. <laughs> Although, sidebar, sidebar. Hey, Emily, guess what? Hey, Megan, what? The secret Cosmere spoiler channel on our Discord is a buzz with many of the things that you said during our Words of Radiance wrap-up episode. Okay. You got you have you have a very good the things you're right about you're extremely specifically right about <laughs> i feel so powerful but i'm not going to know how powerful i really am for like 3 more years so when you made me an administrator of my sister made me view it all the channels are available to me now <laughs> I have not looked at any of them, and I will not look at any of them. So I've muted, like, the Emily is a witch, Great. or Emily is the unmaid, and then the Cosmere spoiler ones, because, like, I don't want to accidentally click on them, but I just thought it was funny. I Good thought move. you'd get a Good kick move. out of that. How does it feel to be god of a Discord? You know, if I understood the far-reaching ramifications, I think I could enjoy it more. <laughs> But it feels good right now just to assume I'm right about everything. Awesome. All right. And listen, I wonder, because I feel a tiny bit bad that we're like, eh, we hated this. But like, I feel like we've been good, at least me, I've been a good enough fan that I feel like I'm, I'm, it's warranted for me to say all these things. But I just wonder what it would be like if we were brand new to the, to the show and we just came in on season three if we would have similar beefs with this show or if we would have something entirely different if we're just like oh i'm so invested in the max and liz story will they ever get to be together or oh my gosh is mr evans ever gonna find out why his kids are acting the way that they act or you know i just i just wonder you know what i wonder what why did they nerf the sheriff so hard? Also, I don't know. In my re-listen of our podcast, you refer to the Jeep as the Impala of Roswell. And I'm it like, was. they threw that Jeep off a cliff for no reason. <laughs> it's true. That is also true. Ugh. Did they retrieve it or did they just find it? Like... Like, did Kyle have to go down and pull the Jeep out of the ravine when I Ms. think that they Mr. Retrieved Evans paid them to? All right. Okay. Do you know what? Do you know what? I would what? like to cast a prediction spell. I think before the series is over, they will raise this Jeep from the dead. They will use alien magics to heal it. Okay. Okay. Speaking of alien magics. It's New Year's. That's not magic. a magical time. No, where one year fades away into the next. No. <laughs> and speaking of alien magics, Isabel has them, and she's very sad because her husband is not going to be home for New Year's. And I had listen. I I 
It's not that I have very little patience for Isabel, but I might have just been in a snit when I watched this because she is devastated that he's not going to make it home. Like, she's absolutely devastated. I mean, one, listen, she has dressed up very nicely. She has made a beautiful dinner for them. And we know Isabel has a thing about control and wanting to everything to be perfect. So I get that. So I get why she's upset that Jesse is not going to make it home. But Jesse's stuck in an airport in Houston over New Year's. And <laughs> I don't know. New Year's has never been... I mean, in high school, New Year's was always super fun. But like nowadays, I'm just like, oh, I'm staying up till midnight. It's something that I do. I get anyway, to stay up till midnight whenever night. I want. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, she's very sad. I get why. And so I'm going to try and be a little nicer about this. But Jesse's like, hey, go out, have fun. Don't just sit at home and wait around for me, which I think she probably would have done. If he hadn't said go out and do stuff. So I appreciate that he is still trying to like help her have a good evening and salvage whatever evening she can. She can make of it. She. Okay. Remember how you were like in high school. New Year's was so fun. Yes. I loved. I loved New Year's in high school. Isabel is a high school senior. She graduated Mm -hmm. a year early. But like age wise. She should be a kid partying. With her buddies and her friends on New Year's Eve and not, Mm -hmm. when will my husband return from his business trip? Like, what? (laughs) What? But other people are making their New Year's plans. We have uh, everybody at the Crashdown Cafe. We've got uh, Mr. Parker there, uh, Maria, Liz. You know, Maria's talking about really wanting to find this party that uh, is legendary. It's the stuff of legends. Um, and Mr. Parker's just like, hey, I actually found it once and it was amazing. And so Liz is going to go. No, I'm so sorry. Maria is going to go off and find this party while Liz has been strong armed into a tradition that she and her dad do every year. And they do like a New Year's party at the Crashdown Cafe for the seniors in the in the community where yeah not midnight the high school seniors ten. not the high school seniors thank you for for that um like the actual listen the seniors know like seniors are like 55 plus i'm talking like like retirement home seniors. people and retirement hey, home people hey why hey. wasn't grandpa valenti at this party you kept waiting for him to show up and i was surprised when he didn't Especially because his son was playing a band there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Valenti's uh, band, the Kit Shickers, are there, and they are performing. Um, Liz doesn't want to be there, and her her dad makes me so angry because this is the sort of parenting that would have driven me as a kid crazy. Basically, she's like, I don't want to be here doing this, and he's like, what are you talking about? You love it. Of course you're going to be here. P.S. You're grounded anyway, so you can't go anywhere. You have to do this. People telling me what to do. I cannot tell you how angry that makes me. (laughs) Yeah. So in Liz's, I'm just going to cover Liz's kind of story. She runs into uh, the person, if you recall from previous episodes, uh, the one who was the makeup artist on the, the set of the movie where where there were those deaths, those mysterious deaths. Um, so she happens to be there uh, that night with her parents. Um, and she's, listen, okay, I felt like this was a was like an executive producer like writing the story they wish their children would have lived. Like, yeah, of course I want to stay with my dad on New Year's and not go out with my friends. Because that's eventually the conclusion Liz comes to, is that I'm going to stay here, be with my be with my dad, and I am totally great with him grounding me for, for an extensive period that really should be over by this point. Um, yeah, it just, like, it felt weird. Okay, so so I mentioned how I was glad that the, the Liz-dad fighting came to an end. But, like, mm-hmm. the resolution was, I guess it wasn't all that serious. And he is my dad. And I'm like, there were 
huge restrictions, yelling and screaming matches, and, like, the fate of an alien world in the balance. And we just sort of decide this episode, oh, no, we're done with it. I was like, mm-hmm. listen, as an audience member, I was also done with it. But, like, now it makes me feel like it was all for nothing. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah, when it comes to TV shows, like, you can stretch the drama out for no reason, and it feels empty. The tension that's supposed to be there just drops out of it when, like, it's so, I say it's when it's so dumb that the audience lets it fade to the back of their mind, and, like, it comes across on the TV screen, and you're like, well, this is going to be resolved eventually. I'm so sick of it now. I'm just going to ignore it because eventually it will be over. Like, I want my conflicts to mean stuff. I want my betrayals to mean things. I want there to be consequences for the actions of the characters rather than like, oh, man, I think we've beaten this storyline to death. Do so let's you just have wrap any, it up in five minutes. Do you have any examples of stories that you think did this well? Oh, well? I have, oh, okay. I have one. So you go. Okay. Mine's kind of silly. I'm 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 going to say that it doesn't have to do a ton with betray well it does, does a little bit. Okay. You can laugh at me if you want to. But the Ross Rachel storyline in Friends towards the end when well, okay, towards the end it gets it gets ridiculous and it gets a little too long, but when it's happening in the middle of it. Like we know like the episode where when, they're fighting in the in the apartment and in the everyone's living in the room. bedroom mm-hmm. and everyone's yeah. listening. Um, because what he did, I think was reprehensible. And I think, yeah, he should, Ross deserved to lose the thing that he loved because he chose in that moment of his actions to give it up for something else. And Not just that, saying, but like, sorry, we aren't, we aren't here to relitigate Ross and Rachel, but. Right, right, right. Yeah. yeah. My thing is. Yes, they weren't technically together, but he did the thing he knew would hurt her the most on purpose. On purpose. And that's, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, so that's when I think it's done well because it does, like, the repercussions last, I think, the rest of this series. Like, stuff will come up or people eventually are able to make a joke about it. And I think that's really well done. Like, I personally think that's one of the better one of the better storylines in Friends is just because it meant so much, it had so much weight, and it had lasting consequences. Because a lot of other TV shows, you have tension or an argument that lasts for like two or three episodes, and then they're immediately moving on to the next thing, and you never listen to it again. I'm thinking of like Vampire Diaries, where like Mm -hmm. no matter what's going on in, in the moment, it'll be over in two to three episodes or four if we're pushing it. And it doesn't matter because people change loyalties all the time. People switch sides. Listen, I still love Vampire Diaries. I am not, I'm not putting them down. I'm just saying in terms of ringing, lasting effects, Friends versus Vampire Diaries, which is not a sentence I ever thought I'd say. Uh, it's at this point, I would like to recommend the podcast, The Empire Diaries with LaToya, Morgan, and Jill. Um, it is a watch-through podcast of The Vampire Diaries with two big fans and one new viewer. So you get that, like, unspoiled point of view and, like, familiar behind-the-scenes trivia and thoughtful commentary from the other hosts. So... Empire Diaries. And I think you should watch the Jenny Nicholson video about it. Mm-hmm. Also, I would like a medal because somebody was like, oh, there's this YouTuber I love. And she did a video on the Vampire Diaries and about the making of the Hobbit movies. And I knew that they were talking about two different YouTubers. <laughs> And I just said, tell me more about what you like about them. And I just, yeah. Listen, sometimes you don't have to correct people when they're wrong. That's a big step for you, by the way. (laughs) And typical to how I am. But if my friend wants to call him Brian Sanderson, as long as she keeps reading Warbreaker, I'm fine with it. Hi, Charlotte. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Just kidding. She doesn't listen to our podcast. She might, once she finishes Warbreaker. She might. 
Um, what was your example that you were going to bring up? Um, so it's with the Adventure Zone. And I'm going to go light on this because I know some of our listeners are going through the Adventure Zone for the first time. Yay! It's so good. Yay! You've made a good choice. There is a big personal betrayal that is uncovered during the events of one of the final few storylines. Mm-hmm. And the wronged party does not forgive the person who betrayed them. There's like multiple people involved. And most of them are like, you know, I understand. You're under stress. Blah, 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 blah. But one person's like, no. And our friendship is never going to be the same between them. Or Max and Maria going literally back to where they were before with hardly any difference. That (sighs) sometimes the consequence of hurting someone is the hurt never goes away. You can't unbreak a dish you can mend a dish but you cannot unbreak something that you've smashed mm-hmm. and i like that and i love the adventure zone <laughs> it's so good <gasps> oh mcelroy boys thank you <gasps> okay so carrie peach who is the illustrator for the Taz graphic novels, illustrator and one of the Mm -hmm. Mm co-writers. And also she did an Animorphs podcast that you should listen (laughs) to. Uh, She just announced that even though it's not officially announced, she's finished the, uh, I think, inks for the next Taz graphic novel. And I'm really excited. I listen, I'm, I've never really been into graphic novels because I like to imagine the art in my head. Incorrectly. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. No, you're I'm right. You're right. I'm not going to. But I've, I've collected every single one of the Adventure Zone graphic novels. It's gotten me. It got me into Nimona. It got me mm-hmm. into uh, Lore Olympus. I own all of those. And like, they're just like you. The, one of the reasons I don't like reading graphic novels is one, because I know Megan. And because I know Megan. <laughs> I ruined everything. (laughs) I feel like I have a deeper appreciation for all the hard work that goes into it. And so as I turn a page and I'm like, as I read this, I just, I get pulled out of the story all the time with just like, oh my gosh, the artist had to work so hard on this. And like, that's all I can think of when I read a graphic novel is like how much work this is. And like, what a freaking amazing, brilliant piece of like, the artist soul I'm holding in my hands, and it's too distracting, okay? It's just that too much. <laughs> Doesn't that just, like, add, though, an extra layer of appreciation? No, it's someone... stressful. It's stressful because I'm like, I'm not spending enough time admiring this. I'm just trying to get through the story, which is all I want. And then <laughs> it Great stresses news. me you out read it that twice. I'm not giving them enough accolades for all the hard work they've done. I picked up a graphic novel thinking of you a couple weeks ago at the bookstore. It is a dark retelling of Disney's The Little Mermaid called Part of Your World, where where Ursula wins and Vanessa marries Prince Eric. And Ariel takes Triton's place but does not have her voice back. (gasps) I would love to read that. Yeah, I got it. Because I literally, I saw it and thought of you. And I'm like, I think Emily would like this. <laughs> okay. Guess who Isabel goes to visit in order to, like, find a way to spend her time on New Year's? Kyle. It's Kyle. And I think that this makes sense in the fact that in the previous season, she and Kyle got up to shenanigans with, like, alien powers and having a good time. And she really helps... Sorry, he really helps her loosen up. And so she comes to his house ready to take over his evening in true Isabel fashion. And she wants to watch Rudolph Saves Christmas. And I'm assuming the way that it's brought up that this is a family tradition and she doesn't, Max isn't going to do it. She's not going to go watch it with her parents. And so she's like, I want to be with someone. And uh, so she ends up at, at the Valenti's house and he convinces her instead to steal his boss's car and go out on the town. And I was pleasantly surprised when, one, Isabel went along with it, but she thinks ahead. She 
she uses alien powers to change the color of the car so that it's not as recognizable because Kyle does not have permission to take his bosses. Was it a Porsche? Like it was a fancy, fancy car. I don't know car. what cars it, are. <laughs> it was a fancy car. I think Porsche, Lamborghini. I know they're very different, but they're like the high-end luxury cars. And so she redoes the paint job so that she and Kyle can go out and have a good time out on the town because they also want to find this party. Um, and the funny thing is Kyle is right about where to find the next clue. But people just kind of like laugh it off. But we know by the end of it, Kyle had figured out at least where to go to find the next clue because Maria and Michael and Max are there trying to also look for clues. Um, They're breaking into the high school. They're trying to, you know, they're just like, oh, well, we've got to go to this place. And then I think it's at this frat house. And so they all end up at the frat house where Max somehow makes immediate friends. They're out of beer. Oh, yeah. The keg is empty. The keg is demonstrably empty. Like, you can lift it with one hand empty. Max creates beer out of nothing and fills well, the keg up. molecular magic. Obviously. But he's like, no, I have a way with these. Like, I have a trick. And he, like, kicks it. I mean, he does more than that. But it's like full of beer again because these kids that have thrown the party, they don't have IDs. They can't go get more. And so suddenly here's more beer. They're not going to ask questions about where it came from. But now Max is everybody's best friend. To me, that was the most ridiculous part of the whole show. I don't know why. I don't know why. But I was just like, really? Really? (laughs) We're just creating beer out of thin air now? Every teenager's quote unquote dream. Michael takes a swig of beer he he definitely chugs some drinks and here at least uh they do make a callback to when uh max took a sip of alcohol in season one and immediately is drunk and his powers go haywire same thing happens with michael he has like a sensory overload and they have to get him back to the crashdown cafe where he's like The only way he can handle this is if, like, it's in complete darkness and everyone's speaking in whispers. And Max is, like, levitating him over the bed so, like, nothing is touching him. So Michael is out. So stupid. And, like, nothing like what happened to Max when he drank. Yeah. Yeah. And so... And so Michael's out of the running to go look for the party. Um, And the thing that I could not believe is... Max and Maria take off, which is, you know, Michael's like, yeah, yeah, go. I'm I'm not going to be any help anyway. And and he pretended he was fine and to get Maria to go off and, and not stay with him because she would have done that because Maria has a heart. And he starts having another like overload and Mr. Parker comes in and and Liz is like, holding up tiny tiny little Liz is like holding up Michael who's like about to squish her and she's like he's really drunk and I'm like you don't tell your parents your friends have been underage drinking when you're grounded you make something up and say oh he gets migraines like Mr. Parker is Michael's employer you don't tell him yeah (laughs) don't tell your employer you're too drunk to work (laughs) I mean, maybe some people have that kind of relationship with their employer. I don't know. Uh, not with this guy, Mr. My daughter looked at a man through a window once and I nearly <laughs> killed a teenager over it. <laughs> oh, so anyway, because we've seen the beginning of the episode, we know how this all ends. We know that Maria and Max find the party and go to it. We know that Michael wakes up the next morning in in Liz's bed and is just like totally fine. We know that Kyle and Isabel ended up falling asleep on the couch together. But prior to that, they're sitting there. Okay, 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 okay. Again, I'm sorry that we're just like so mad about this. But do you remember the previous episode, Megan, where all of a sudden 
Maria is just like, I have feelings about this and they've come out of nowhere. They've come out of left field, but I've always had feelings like this. I feel like that's what happens with Kyle. Kyle and Isabel have been friendly yeah. and friends through this whole thing. And suddenly he's okay. like, okay. like really... you can, like he doesn't say anything, but you can tell by the way he's acting. You can tell from clues in the scene that he suddenly has fallen super hard for this girl. Do you remember when he was head over heel in love with Tess? And then like in one episode, he was just suddenly like, I love her like a sister. And I was like, what? Mm-hmm. <laughs> what? Okay, Emily, in my massive rewrite of Roswell, mm-hmm. Kyle is going to have feelings for Tess. Okay. And when Tess seduces Max and gets pregnant, it's going to hurt Kyle's feelings massively because Max has now taken his last two girlfriends. <gasps> That's right. Max, quote unquote, took Liz. Yeah. Stole Liz. Yeah, basically, Kyle's time to shine is going to be greater. Alex is going to stick around as a ghost more. (laughs) Um, Future Max is going to be an hallucination sent by Tess. And there was a third guardian, and she was the one who healed (laughs) Brody's daughter's (laughs) cancer. (laughs) Because I know it wasn't that. A Hollywood producer. Oh, yeah, definitely not. And and remember, no one... okay, remember at the, sorry, sorry. Go for it. Remember Go at for the it. end of season one when the sending stone or whatever, there were like dozens of sending stones that lit up all across New York City and all around the world? I do. And what came from that? The skins, the dupes. That was it. That was it. That was it. And Listen, when I take the time, and do you know what? Maybe they do this in Roswell, New Mexico. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe they take the time to like develop and delve into all the different aliens that are already on Earth. Maybe. I don't know. Um, what I was going to say is that no one is good enough for Kyle. That's just my opinion. Like, no one appreciates this boy. And mm-hmm. like even like it's not like he even least had of to, all like, his dad. Least of all his dad. It's not even like Kyle had to grow and become a better person. Like yeah, he was kind of jerky at the beginning, but like he was aware. Do you remember like in episode one when he's talking to Liz and he's like, "Hey, when you commit to something, it would really you know, this is what people expect." And I was waiting for you, and it hurt my feelings. And like he's very open and honest about stuff. And no one is good enough for this boy. I agree. But yeah. But they, you know, again, we get the whole like Jesse walks in. Oh my gosh, has something untoward going on? No, at the end of the episode, everyone goes to the crash down diner and has breakfast together. And Meg, you said something super interesting when we were watching this. And it was like, this feels like the end of a like a story arc and kind of like a hard reset almost like hey finally everyone is together everyone is having a good time there's no hurt feelings here like Liz is ungrounded like you have our core group back and it has taken us eight nine episodes 11 11 episodes 10 10 episodes (laughs) so many episodes so many episodes to get us back here when like I feel like the core strength of this show were the interpersonal relationships between everybody like like between season one and two it's inferred that uh Max and Maria become better friends because Liz is out of town like it's not it it was it was aliens versus humans and then it was people who like Liz versus people who hate Liz and like that was where a lot of the good the what i feel the the good storylines where they came from are the mm-hmm. characters playing against each other having adventures together and a lot of stuff that's happening now is like external sources causing a lot of drama and everyone having to react very quickly but not being able to make a lot of decisions about it like 
like Max and the Hollywood guy where he's like, hey, there's a ship. And Max immediately is like, great, let's get on it and leave Earth and never come back. Like in the space of five minutes, he has decided to leave Earth forever without any knowledge of can he get back or not. And I think I didn't even think it was five minutes. I think it was like 30 seconds. <laughs> and he's just like, bye. Ugh. Sorry. Sorry. You reminded me something that's frustrated me the most about season three. Okay. I would like to see their home planet. I would like to see what's going on there. Mm-hmm. We kind of wasted the Kivar episode. Super wasted. We wasted it on him just being obsessed with uh, Isabel and wanting her back. Mm-hmm. When like, what if Kivar was here to tr- to actually be a threat and try and kill Max and try and kill Michael? Yeah. Like, what if he turned Isabel into Valandra and we had our characters pitted against each other where like a possessed Isabel was trying to hunt down and kill Max and Michael. Mm-hmm. Or and like, like what if he what if he fed off of the fury that Isabel still has over Max ruining her life last season that life. we just forgave because his uh, I'm listen y'all know I'm still steamed about the alien baby but like I wish Max did get the chance to talk to his alien son. And I, there's been, (sighs) season two was great. Sorry, that's, I don't want to be like, season two was the best television ever. But like, the stakes went so high up and the world building exploded. and, And there was so much potential at the end of season two. And then when they moved to the new network, They did a hard reset instead of following Sanderson's second law of magic, which is build on what you have before you add more. Mm -hmm. Okay, that might be the third law. Yeah, the hard part is I feel like they were like, it's not gritty enough. It's not like serious enough. There's not enough teen issues. Yeah, there's not enough teen issues. People arguing with their parents and breaking up with their boyfriends and wanting to, you know, anyways... We can't change. We can't change what has happened. We can only move forward. So um, we're going to start wrapping things up just a little bit. Um, we are going to take some questions. of the questions. Questions from... that need answering. <laughs> but you've only just arrived. So uh, we're going to take some questions from our Discord. Megan, how do you get into our Discord? Join our Patreon. Gone are the days where you can just be our friend. Now you have to pay us. <laughs> but uh every level of of our patron patreon gets you into the discord right all three tiers have benefits yes uh there's tier one three dollars i believe in you which gets you into our discord there's tier two seven dollars i super believe in you what's the seven dollar tier called friend of the pod friend of the pod which gets you early episodes every week and then uh, there is the $12 level, whom I'm affectionately calling the Dirty Dozen, um, but are in <laughs> actuality called Honorary Siblings. Mm-hmm. And that gets you our new uh, $12 patron-only feed, where Emily and I are going through everything in the MCU, where she is a passionate fan, and I am an ambivalent critical eye. <laughs> so part of this discord thing is we will open it up to questions that megan and i will read on the as we record uh different different shows and so uh tonight's the first night we're actually doing it so this is kind of really really fun uh so i wanted to start off with a question from skeptical mario and they said what character from stormlight archive would you most want to see in roswell and vice versa i want shalon to go to roswell I think her light weave, and, and and we're gonna we're gonna assume that they'll have access to investiture while they are there. Okay. Um, but I feel for one, she's seventeen, so she's mm-hmm. like the same age as our other characters. Mm-hmm. Uh, and two, I feel her light weaving would fit in well, like with the alien powers. Mm-hmm. Um, and I I feel Shalon as a character would be an interesting add to our core Roswell high school students. Yeah. Um, for me, I would send Renarin 
because I feel like he would, not that you're trying to replace Mm -hmm. Alex, but I feel like he would fill that like kind of nerdy vibe. Dead (laughs) boy. And like, because he, to me, seems very, very intelligent. Not that the other, our other Roswell characters aren't intelligent, but I feel like we need someone who's a little more focused uh, to help them with their shenanigans. Uh, Vice versa. Oh, Oh, yeah. I was going to say, can I tell you who I want to send over to Roshar? I'd send Max and put him in bridge four. (laughs) Yes, I need him (laughs) to grow up and, and... not not that he needs to abandon his plans to be king or anything like this, but he just, I feel like he needs to learn how to lead and he needs to learn how to work in a okay. team because he okay. has decided that he is king and his word is law and he makes Michael go out in the desert and dig holes and he just declares how things are going to be and that's not how the world works and he just needs some humbling in my hey, humble opinion. Yes, hey, Megan. Emily. Yes, Megan. Hey, Emily. What? So, our friend Jane recommended me a Bleach Harry Potter crossover fic where Ichigo gets assigned to be Harry Potter's bodyguard. Okay. It was great. It was very fun. It was very well written. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm now imagining Max takes the ship to try and get to his home planet. Mm-hmm. And through particular perpendicularity nonsense, he ends <laughs> up on Roshar instead. Okay. Uh Okay, picture him in the first book, in Way of Kings. He's part of Bridge Four. He can help Kaladin heal people on the battlefield during the bridge runs. Mm -hmm. And, like, Max learns from Kaladin what it means to be a good leader. Yeah. Uh, I love that. And it's called it's it's called the Way of Kings still (laughs) because Max is like, I'm a king. I'm trying to get back to my home country ahem, where i have a ahem, son anyway and uh sorry this this story is blossoming in my head but i'm not i listen sorry listeners i'm never gonna write it <laughs> can i i'm gonna throw out one more is i think someone that would flourish is if you put isabel there i think isabel could absolutely navigate the politics of the court and Here's like come out on top isabel has dark eyes. Oh, well, she has alien magic. She so can just make them lighter. That's probably true. <laughs> Next question. Cake or pie? This is from Cake. Ted. Cake. And Ted, Cake. we won't say why, but congratulations. Just, you know why. We know why. Just we're very happy for you. And Congratulations. It's the day after Labor Day, by the way. And also cake. Because <laughs> <laughs> um, I've been thinking about this today. Pie, too solid, can only eat one or two pieces at a time. And for me, you can pie only is heavily dependent on the time of, of year. at a time. <laughs> you can eat so many pieces <laughs> of cake at a time. And I love me a, a nice light cake with whipped cream and berries on it. See, I got to go pie because... I'm going to say nine times out of ten for me, pie is very satisfying. But cake is a 50-50. It's, sometimes it's like this is all air, and sometimes it's like this has a weird after flavor. Sometimes and, it's and like... And every pie is good to you? I said most of the time, like nine times out of ten, <laughs> because I really only eat the pies I make. So. Yeah, listen, our family has this, we have it every Thanksgiving, a chocolate chip pie, and I don't <gasps> like it. Oh! <laughs> I do not like chocolate chip pie. It's well, we're gonna keep like making chocolate it. gives me insta heartburn, like as it is, oh. and it's just no. Listen, it's I like know it is cookie. objectively delicious for me. Yeah. Chocolate chip pie is too heavy, it's too greasy, and it's too much chocolate to dough ratio. Well, that's because I'm in charge of the chocolate chips. Yeah, it is. <laughs> them in there. I like pecan pie though. And I like mm-hmm. coconut custard pie. Remember when we went to Disney World and we bought a coconut cream pie and it wasn't big enough for our little in-room refrigerator. So we just like had to eat a whole <laughs> to pie. To eat a whole pie, <laughs> yes. Um, 
We got one more one more question from Ted. He says, has any work been vetoed from the podcast? E.g. one sister loves it, but the other would Well, if never. I could turn back time, I would take Roswell out of the running. <laughs> Listen, I'm not going to say, Ted, I'm not going to say which one, but my sweet sister, Megan, has suggested several projects that i'm like internally i'm like i have zero interest in this and if i, I don't give a don't... F his name is haikyuu <laughs> and emily doesn't want to watch it which is making me feel all the more like we should that's not the one i'm talking about but uh... it is a manga and I'm just like, if I don't make a fuss about it, she's going to forget. Because if I make it stick in her mind, I'm not she's going to make Full Metal me Alchemist. <laughs> so We're doing I'm Full Metal Alchemist. Right? We're doing Full Metal Alchemist, right? There's one that I definitely don't want to do. You don't want to do Bleach? We wouldn't even do the whole series. Okay, now let me winkle it out of you. What is <laughs> no, it? No, we got to go to the next question. No, tell me. And this tell is me. from E tell me. slash Sapphic. I'm not friend. moving on until you tell me what manga <laughs> I'm not it is. Tell, you which tell one me, it is. Emily. No, Emily. Because, because. What is it? If tell we end up doing it, it anyway, I'm not going to complain about it. I actually will do it. <laughs> Sapphic Spren asks. What's your favorite snack food at the moment when you are not podcasting and don't have to worry about weird food no, noises being picked of. up by the mic? I've um, got mine with me actually right here. Milano raspberry chocolate cookies. Hmm. They are not podcast friendly, but I love them so much. I like the Harvest Snaps, the red chickpea basil ones. They're really good. Mostly because they don't make my favorite uh, Caesar flavored snappy crisps anymore. We did try. And I got I tough. got sick of them offloading their black pepper flavor on me. It's <laughs> a prank. All right. Let's I'm going to make more. you fall in love with manga and graphic novels. <laughs> okay. I'm going to change your life. There's with some Fruits good Basket. ones. I'm not saying they're bad. I'm just saying there's some I know I'm not interested in. We're watching Haikyuu. I don't care that it's not real sports. <laughs> Uh, Skeptical Mario also would like to know, how about we do a special food episode, i.e. my sister made me chew it. I think that would be awesome. But listen, we've kind of talked about this before. I think it'd be fun to go to a restaurant and order for the other person and see like how close we could get <laughs> to see like how close we could get to something that the other person would actually like. So yeah, I'm down for that. And yeah, Jane, yeah, she 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 put in here for all to see. I once persuaded Emily to eat raw pizza dough at my old restaurant by putting a nice, a nice garnish on it. So I feel like the comedic potential here is high. You know why I ate it, Jane? You know why? Because I trusted she you. she trusts you. Because <laughs> I was just like, this is my friend. She's actually, she's feeding me food. I just went to her restaurant and she kept bringing me out little like mousse bouches. Like, it's called a mousse bouche. A mousse bouche. Mousse bouche. <laughs> it's being fancy. <laughs> and uh, yeah. And so when she brought me out this little thing, I'm like, oh, it's mozzarella with like basil or whatever on it. No, it was raw pizza dough. And she's like, ha ah, ha ha. So right. thank you again, patrons, everyone who put in a question. We super appreciate it. And we love having you on our Discord. We love hanging out with you guys and talking about our other hyperfixations on the stuff that we love to watch and read and everything and Meg and I are having a ton of fun doing the Marvel feed and so that's been a big a big hit with us so Megan next week we are going yeah. to be watching slash talking about Roswell season three episode 11 I married an alien oh good they're finally gonna tell Jesse I don't think it's gonna be a big deal at all he's gonna freak out a little bit once and then mm -hmm. It won't matter because nothing in season three matters. Season three is <laughs> real, real low on the stakes. All right. Uh, so we've got a guess that Jesse's going to be told that he has married an alien and nothing matters because everything is pointless. Or great. They're going to flip it on us and we're going to find out that. Okay. I feel like this is the kind of show that would reveal that Jesse's parents were in the country illegally. Okay. And he finds out he's not a legal citizen. Well, that'd be stupid. If he was born here, then he would be a legal citizen in the United States. But 
I'm guessing they're going to try and be clever with the title and be like, oh, Jesse. And he's, yeah. (laughs) All right. Well, we'll see what happens next week. Friends, again, thank you so much for tuning in. And before we go, a very special thanks to Michael B. and Cardi for the use of his song, A Passing Storm. We use it for all of our other podcasts, for the Stormlight Archives, for our One to Watch, for... Uh, the Marvel feed, everything. It's great, and we super appreciate you. Um, in the meantime, I got to get back to whatever it said, whatever I said I was doing at the beginning of the episode. I do not know where my keys are. Still? It's been six days since I left my house because I don't know where my keys are. I've canceled, like, all my classes, and I've just been telling everyone, oh, I'm working from home because, Emily, I can't find them so i should get back to looking for those they're not in my car okay last time i had them i was definitely walking to my i got in my apartment i couldn't have gotten into my apartment without them okay i just don't know where they ended up (laughs) well good luck i do hope you find them but i know you will because i believe in you (gasps) i believe in you too Ready, ready break 